Since 2004, Iowa livestock farmers have turned to the Coalition to Support Iowa's Farmers for free, confidential, and expert assistance in raising livestock responsibly and successfully. Join us at the fence line to hear from industry experts and farmers about topics important to livestock agriculture here in Iowa. The fence line, where the gates always open. Bob Quinn here, hosting this edition of The Fence Line. The Fence Line is a podcast of the Coalition to Support Iowa's Farmers. Now, I have said many times the Coalition is a livestock folks here in the state of Iowa. If you have questions about livestock, maybe uh, that's rules and regulations, or maybe that's uh, siting in a new barn on your site, the Coalition is the first place to call. The Coalition to support Iowa's farmers. It's supported by commodity groups here in the state of Iowa. It's a free and confidential service. You can find out more at supportfarmers.com. And I mentioned myself, uh, Bob Quinn, I host The Big Show on WHO Radio and WMT Radio. The Big Show airs from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock each weekday. We talk all things agriculture during The Big Show. One of the things that we talk about is the Worgen Good Farm Neighbor Award. And on today's Fenceline program, we're going to be meeting one of the latest Worgen Good Farm Neighbor Award members. We're going to be talking with the Schleisman family, M&M Farms, near Lake City, Iowa. A little bit of background on the Worgen Good Farm Neighbor Award. The award is named after farm broadcaster Gary Worgen, who worked at WHO Radio. Gary came up with the idea of the Good Farm Neighbor Award, and while he was working at WHO, he started a program called the Helping Hand, and he liked to go out and visit with Iowa farmers in the field. And so the Helping Hand, he went out and delivered lunch to farmers in the field and visited with them during the big show. Well, that evolved into the Good Farm Neighbor Award. Gary wanted to honor some of those folks he was hearing great stories about who were doing good things out in the countryside, helping their neighbors out. And so he changed the name from the Helping Hand Award to the Good Farm Neighbor Award. Well, Gary passed away way too early. And to honor him, we have renamed the Good Farm Neighbor Award as the Worgen Good Farm Neighbor Award. Good farm neighbors are all across the state of Iowa. I say, uh, where's the closest good farm neighbor? Well, it's probably the person you're looking at out your window across the way there, or maybe the person you're sitting across the aisle from in church. Those are all good farm neighbors. And we'd like to know more about your good farm neighbor and maybe come to your farm and honor you as a good farm neighbor, or if you nominate someone, honor them as a Oregon Good Farm Neighbor Award. Now, that's where the Coalition to Support Iowa's Farmers comes in. They are the presenting sponsor for the Oregon Good Farm Neighbor Award. They also are the folks that put together the schedule for the upcoming year. So if you think you have a good farm neighbor, and I'm sure you do, we'd like to hear from you. It's easy. Go to the coalition's website, supportfarmers.com, and there's an area you can nominate your good farm neighbor. Pretty simple form to fill out, and then the Coalition to Support Iowa's Farmers has a panel. It's a kind of a secret panel, I might say. I don't even know who's on it, but they come up with a schedule for the next year of the good farm neighbors we're going to be visiting. Again, we'd love to hear about your good farm neighbor, and it all starts with your nomination at the coalition's website supportfarmers.com well now back to today's program we are uh, talking about the schleisman family they were the uh, winner of the Oregon good farm neighbor award in july of 2023 
But our history with uh, Mark's uh, family goes back quite a ways. We started doing a program here three years ago called Clean Water Wednesday. And uh, the program was developed to take a look at conservation practices going on in the state of Iowa. And not only uh, find out more about those, but to also honor and recognize some of the good things going on with conservation work here in the state on uh, Iowa's farms. Also, as we found out uh, after developing the program, there were a lot of questions from people who wanted to do things, uh, conservation practices on their farms, but maybe didn't know how to or didn't know where to start or didn't know what the results would be. And we have found through these programs that we can answer a lot of those questions and send people on their way to doing conservation practices on their own farms. Well, the very first farm we visited in the Clean Water Wednesday programs was the Schleisman Farm. Let's fast forward now to July when we're sitting down with Mark uh, Schleisman and his family, M&M Farms. They were established in 1997 as winners of the Worgen Good Farm Neighbor Award. Hey, joining us uh, today, we've been talking about uh, Mark Schleisman, latest Worgen Good Farm Neighbor Award winner. We're on his farm in Lake City, Iowa, near Lake uh, City. Mark, uh, first of all, congratulations on becoming a Worgen Good Farm Neighbor Award winner. Yes, thank you. Uh, we have been on your farm in the past, and I want to ask you about your livestock operation first, because part of the Worgen Good Farm Neighbor Award that's uh, supported by the Coalition to Support Iowa's Farmers is for livestock producers, so you have to have livestock uh, in here. And you have uh, both uh, cattle and hogs. Yes, we do. We have a cow-calf herd, and then we have a feedlot, and we also wean to finish pigs. So talk a little bit about the uh, cattle operation. What are we looking at? Well, we got 320 cows. Usually have about 40 to 60 heifers a year also to, to repopulate the herd. Uh, a couple years ago, we built a cattle barn so we can calve inside, which is really nice to check cows without a flashlight. And then we feed out our own calves, but also buy some feeder calves to fill in, to, to fill out the yard. Talk about calving inside. Everybody that I've talked to that's done that says, I don't know why we didn't do it a long time ago. I, I don't know if it ever paid for itself, but it sure is a whole lot nicer yeah. and tolerable than what we were doing. <laughs> how we ever survived looking back is amazing. Or how we never got hurt or yeah. lost more cattle than we did. And uh, you also have a hog operation. Yes, we're weaned to finish, kind of scattered around, but everybody on the farm takes care of pigs. And we all pitch in when it comes time to sell hogs or receive pigs, so... You know, when we talk about uh, your farming operation, this is probably a perfect example of a family operation. You guys have everybody involved. Yep. Uh, my dad and uncles are still involved. Son, son-in-law, daughter, grandkids help out, picking up rocks, chopping thistles, weed eating, mowing around hog houses. My daughters do keep the yards all looking good. How do you keep these young people engaged? How do you keep them interested in, uh, in being in, in farming? You know, and I'm a dad, too. You, you send your kids off to school and say they could do anything in the world. They could be any place in the world and here come back to farm and, and want to be around, around family. You know, I think it's family more than anything because, you know, during high school, I would have never guessed my sons wanted to farm. They were so involved in sports and busy that way, but got out of high school. That's what they wanted to do, just like it was automatic, I guess. But that's, that was their desire. Let's talk a little bit about some of the conservation practices uh, you're using. We uh, do a Clean Water Wednesday, and we have been doing it on WHO Radio for probably three years now, maybe. Uh, I think your farm was the very first farm we came to to talk about clean water practices. And at that time, uh, we were looking at uh, just getting started, I believe, in cover crops. Yeah, we started in cover crops main reason was we wanted some grazing potential and then we started seeing the soil health benefits and the water quality and just the benefits of 
we like to say we do our tillage with cover crops now. We're not out there ripping and burning diesel fuel and wearing equipment out. We're doing it with the cover crop. But we're also able to graze. We're definitely seeing better water infiltration, health of the soil, we believe is better. Um, we're just seeing the benefits. So we do it on all of our acres, not just the acres we graze anymore, every single acre. Well, let's talk about maybe some of the folks who aren't using cover crops but, uh, you know, want to, and they're thinking about maybe how it can be integrated into their operation. So if, I, if I'd call you on the phone and say, hey, Mark, kind of give me the lowdown on, on cover crops. I think the, the biggest thing I give it advice is you got to take it seriously. It's not just something I want to, you know, plant some, throw some seed out there and see what happens. We have a plan. I mean, our fall is just like planting a corn or soybean crop. It's part of our cropping plan is to plant cover crops. So we buy our seed ahead to get a butt cheaply, mm-hmm. more reasonably. We grow some of our own seed, but we have a plan field by field, what mix we're going to plant on it, what we're trying to do, whether we're trying to break compaction, provide grazing, or just cover, and soil health. Um, so you got to take it seriously that way. You're not always, not everything's going to work out, just like everything doesn't work out when you plant a crop. You sometimes have weeds survive a spray application, you got to adjust. Same thing with a cover crop. Sometimes you got to adjust on the go. You might not get enough rain in the fall, it doesn't grow that great, but you might get a lot of rain in the fall and you got a whole lot more biomass in the spring than you think you should have. And you have to adjust your termination practices, but you have to adjust and adapt, just like you do when growing a regular crop. So tell me, uh, what works best for you? You know, what works best for us is rye. I mean, rye is the base to our cover crops because it's so easy to grow, does a lot for the soil in terms of breaking things up, a root system that, you know, we've dug up tile lines in the in January, February, and seen fresh roots growing two, three feet deep. Um, so it, it works year-round, I think, is the secret of, of rye. But then mixing some other things in there creates your diversity. Uh, we like to use radishes if we know we got compaction, which we have a lot in our seed fields because we're out there when it's wet doing detasseling and mowing operations. Uh, so that's where we'll use our rye, or I mean our radishes in the mix. And if we're going to graze, we like rape. If it's going to be under a lot of canopy, rape tends to do really well too. So talk a little bit about your crop rotation and the crops you're growing here. I, you know, we, we know corn, soybeans we're assuming, but you also have popcorn. We have popcorn. Uh, that's carryover from my previous career, if you want to call it that, with uh, ConAgra Foods. I, I used to work in the popcorn division and manage some of their operations, and so we grow popcorn. Uh, a third of our acres every year, at least, are popcorn or popcorn seed. Uh, so we're in a three-year rotation, generally going from popcorn to corn to soybeans. Uh, occasionally, we might grow two years of popcorn. Kind of depends on our weed control more than anything, because uh, weeds are a challenge with popcorn. It's not GMO, so you don't use Roundup, you don't use Liberty. Um, but that's our biggest challenge with popcorn. But we like we like how it fits into our operation. We're going to talk uh, more with uh, the Schleisman family coming up. Thank you, Mark. Mark Schleisman with us. We're also going to be uh, hearing uh, from Secretary of Agriculture Mike Nag, who was uh, with us, and he's going to talk about uh, some of the uh, opportunity uh, that the state of Iowa offers for conservation practices, things like cover crop. That's uh, coming up. But right now we're going to find out a little bit more about the coalition to support Iowa's farmers. Brian Waddingham is the executive director for the coalition. I had a chance to visit with him. Scope of the coalition, what's it all about? Uh, coalition's all about helping livestock farmers grow responsibly and successfully. How can we find out more about what you guys are doing? 
You know, the best way to visit us online at supportfarmers.com or give us a call at 800-932-2436. So who should be calling the coalition? Who should be contacting the coalition? You know, anybody that's looking to get into livestock production or grow an existing livestock operation should be giving the coalition a call. Uh, we help cite new barns, interpret rules and regs, enhance neighbor relations, and then also implement best management practices like planting trees. Again, tell me how to get a hold of you guys. Visit us online at supportfarmers.com or give us a call, 800-932-2436. All right, Brian, thank you. Brian Waddingham, Coalition to Support Iowa's Farmers. Let's talk more Oregon Good Farm Neighbor Award winner with the Schleisman family. Secretary of Agriculture Mike Nag was there to make the award presentation. Talking conservation with our secretary. Secretary Nag, we were up at the Schleisman farm. We've been talking to Mark here uh, about some of the conservation practices that he has installed on his farm. But we've talked in the past. He's kind of uh, like uh, the poster for every practice that uh, we've been talking about when it comes to uh, clean water and conservation. He is. And you you know, here's the other thing that Mark brings to this conversation is he's doing this conservation work and really, truly anything that we traditionally think of as conservation practices, but, you know, but also innovative things like the wetlands uh, that we're doing, even a new design for a wetland, uh, irrigating off of that extensive use of cover crops. But he's doing all that in a very productive and profit-driven environment, right? So this this is a business for his family. This is a multi-generational family. Like so, so it's not just about doing the conservation in an isolated fashion. It's about doing that in a working operation that must be profitable. Livestock, crop, popcorn, specialty, all rolled into this. And again, it's a testament to how it can be done. And by the way, what I love about this family is, and they're really innovative in how they're doing it. They're willing to look at doing new things. I want to ask you about the batch and build program that the state of Iowa has kind of developed for different areas of the state, uh, where it, it's almost like a turnkey operation. So farmer wants to say, uh, I, I want to do some kind of practice on the farm. Help me out here. That's exactly what it is. It's turnkey. We want to make, I always say, I'm careful to say conservation's not simple. It's not simple. You're going to design things. You're going to fit this to the tailor, make it to the landscape. It takes, you know, great, skilled, experienced people to do this. But what we want to do is make it easy. Yeah. You know, again, the, the concept here being that you, you conservation is not simple, but you want to make it easy to say yes. And, and so you, you batch these together. You identify a watershed. You, you put a team on the ground to go work with and, and call on farmers. And, and what you're doing is you're trying to make it very simple to say yes. We'll do the design. We'll contract with uh, one contractor. It's very efficient. And I, I knew that we had something here when I uh, went to that first project launch and uh, had a farmer approach me and say, I missed out. How do I get involved in this? And I said, oh, we, we know we've got something when people are actually coming up and saying, hey, I want to be a part of it. And and what we have found is that then that momentum just builds. So it's the, you know, the first phase in, in Polk County was 50. Phase two was 100. And we've got nine more in the books or, uh, you know, coming that are beyond the books here. And again, just trying to make it easier for farmers and landowners to say yes and get conservation done. You know, when we look at these conservation practices, too, a lot of times we want to know, oh, okay, show me how they're working. Oh, yeah. prove, prove that they're working. Uh, we're at the Schleisman farm here, and the water that comes out, now he's draining about 2,000 acres. Uh, it drains through cover crop and goes into a tile line and goes into a pond then. And the back end of the pond uh, dumps into the Raccoon River. And I'm making it real you know, simple to follow along here. But basically, he is cleaning that water enough to where it's almost 
at drinking water levels. I'm not saying it's tap water, but it's almost a drinking water level coming out of that pond before it goes into the river. Yeah, absolutely. These are uh, these nitrate reducing wetlands are designed to you know you could get as much as a 90 percent reduction in nitrate flowing through the wetland, um, and it's it's all it's all in the design of that. So uh, the, the other thing about you know proof that they're working, you know these edge of field practices like a wetland, they're pretty simple to to be able to determine that. You monitor the water that's coming in at the top end of the wetland, and then you monitor the water that's being exited into the river. It's a simple calculation, you, a subtraction. You uh, you know exactly what it did in terms of uh, of, of reduction. So um, on these edge of field practices, uh, those are easy to monitor, and you can prove that they work. They also help us design better wetlands that are more effective. And then the other way that we've got to measure is uh, you know just flat out counting the number of practices that are getting on the ground. Science assessment tells us that practices have a corresponding reduction, and you can go count practices and know that you're making an improvement. Secretary of Agriculture Mike Nag joining us. Talking a little uh, clean water practices, talking a little conservation practices, and talking Oregon Good Farm Neighbor Award winner as well. Uh, we mentioned that the Schleissmans f- is a truly family operation, so let's meet some of the family members. A little bit more uh, background on the animal care side of the Schleissman operation, M&M Farms. Uh, animal care, of course, a top priority for the family. Mark, Colby, Matthew, Landon, and Jacob are all pork quality assurance certified and transportation quality assurance certified mark colby and matthew also beef quality assurance satisfied now three years ago they built a calving barn that allows them to calve all 320 cows and heifers indoors during inclement weather let's talk to some of the family members and uh, we are talking with uh, some of the uh, young folks here what's your name i'm matthew Matthew, uh, you're a young fellow, and we had been talking to Mark about how to keep young people engaged in uh, agriculture. Uh, you could be doing anything else in the world right now. You could be uh, any state uh, you know you want to work in. How come you're back here in the farm? I just grew up around it, love the outdoors, it's something different every day. So there's never a dull moment around the farm. You know, we, we love seeing young people like that, uh, like you, staying uh, in, uh, involved in uh, agriculture. What aspect of the farm you work on? You work at everything, or you got one special area? A little bit of everything. I do most of the soybean planting, and then we all help with cows and pigs. Yeah, well, uh, I understand that uh, the uh, maybe cattle operation got a little bit e- easier when you started calving indoors. Talk about that. Yeah, it certainly helped a lot getting them out of the weather and not having to chase them so far to get them out of the river bottom. So now they're all just right in one spot under keep them out of the rain makes it easy for all of us say keep them out of the rain keep you out of the rain uh, as well hey thanks for being involved with us you guys are doing a lot of conservation practices on the 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 farm here talk about that i mean what do you think about that yeah i love it certainly good for the land good for the environment but i like it for hunting as well i i love the deer hunt pheasant hunt do all that so anything we can do helps well thank you again for uh, talking to us a little bit what's your name uh landon sliceman and uh, you're involved in the uh, the farm as well? Yep, a little bit of everything. I'm going to ask you the same question because we, we, we like to have young people involved in agriculture, but you know, lots of times you're getting pulled in different directions. What keeps you uh, engaged? What keeps you coming back to the farm? Why are you here? Kind of like Matt said, kind of just a little bit of something different every day. It's never the same thing over and over, so you don't really get burnt out on it too fast. So if you were talking to some young folks right now uh, and uh, they're thinking about maybe a career in, in farming, what, what, what do you tell them? What do you tell them to, to encourage them along? 
Well, first, they got to know it's not easy work. I mean, you're always working with your hands, always out there, but you just got to try it before you can tell it no. Now, did you come through the FFA program? Yep, I was in high school. I was in FFA all four years. Now, talk a little bit about that, because uh, that's a lot of times the first taste that non-farm kids get uh, is uh, through uh, FFA. And, in fact, I think now uh, there may be more non-farm kids involved in FFA than actual uh, ag students. Yeah, I'd say in Lake City they do a pretty good job of getting non like country folks into it and I'd say probably 80% of the kids in it now are from in town but it really gets you going and seeing what the other 20% of kids are doing and gets you involved in everything. That was Landon Schleisman talking with us. Also involved in the operation is Mark and Melissa's daughter Brandy and her husband Colby. Colby and Brandy Winter. Brandy what do you do in the farm? I take care of the records and all the financial. Yeah, that's what Mark was telling us a little bit, that you were uh, kind of the uh, the bookkeeper and yes. uh, uh, financial organizer. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, how did you get involved with that? Is that something you, you came into in school? Um, no, actually, I went to school for pre-chiropractic. And um, when I graduated, I um, was just kind of looking for a job. The role kind of was opening up on the farm, and they were needing some help in that area. So I kind of have stepped into that role, and it's just grown from there. Okay, make a recommendation for me. T- talk about how young people could get involved in, in uh, agriculture, because you could obviously be doing something different. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's just so many. Agriculture is so diverse these days, and there's so many different things yeah. you can do. Yeah. Even, you know, our kids, and we're thinking about that. And as our son's getting closer to junior high and high school, things that he can do. And he's out there working on the farm, and the little guys are out there enjoying it with the big guys, too. So. Well, this is truly a uh, family farming uh, operation. What's your name? Colby Winner. Colby is the guy, the guy that got us hooked up here. We're in the machine shed. Uh, when we were here uh, for the uh, Working Good Farm Neighbor Award presentation, it was raining. It was kind of muddy. And so uh, we were kind of coming back up the hill. And Colby flagged us down and said, hey, I got a nice shop up here for you to uh, do some work on. So we certainly appreciate that. But you're involved in the farming operation as well. Are you from around here? I am. I am. I grew up in Lake City. Okay. Yep. And uh, local kid, want to stay in agriculture? Yes. Yep. What, what do you do here on the farm? I do daily activities, chores, yeah. take care of the crop, everything. You know, we have called this a uh, showcase for conservation practices. And uh, hands down, no kidding, probably every conservation practice that I've ever been involved with in the state of Iowa is somewhere uh, on this farm, except maybe a bioreactor. Maybe not uh, yet, but uh, maybe is there one here? Yep, yep, just right down the road there is. Two of them. Son of a gun. Yep. Uh, we've been looking at uh, a pond here and draining a lot of acres, like, what, 2,000 acres, I think? Correct. Across uh, the road. So we have to cross the road with the water coming out of the tile line, which is filtered through uh, the cover crop and goes in the pond and comes out on the other side. And you guys have, uh, whether you know it or not, done as good a job as a lot of treatment plants because the water coming out of your pond is almost drinking water standards. Correct, correct. It does a great job. And we put put all the nitrates back right on the field when we irrigate it. So, Yeah, because you are pulling water uh, out. Have, have you had to do any irrigation yet this year? We have. We've irrigated this field twice. That irrigation water taken out of the pond 
that is filled by the tile draining off of those 2,000 acres on the Schleisman Farms. M&M Farms, established back in 1997. Mark and Melissa Schleisman, along with their two sons, Matthew and Landon, and daughter Brandy and her husband, Colby Winter. Now, the Schleismans have a 320-head cow-calf herd. They also sell approximately 34,000 hogs a year. They have some popcorn production and also grow 3,200 acres of corn and soybeans. The Schleisman family, winners of the Worgen Good Farm Neighbor Award, in July of 2023. And with that, we're out of time on this edition of The Fence Line. Once again, The Fence Line is a publication of the Coalition to Support Iowa's Farmers. You can find out more about the Coalition at supportfarmers.com. Bob Quinn saying so long until we talk again.